I think if anything we have learned over the last couple of years, especially with COVID, to kind of roll with what we find. So we got here today, and for some reason, um, we're not sure what, these screens are not working behind me. Okay. But we're just going to do the service without them. Is that okay? And it is such a joy today because today we have come to celebrate with each other, to receive people into membership, and also to have communion together. So it is really a special day to be together. And I really extend a warm welcome to you. If you're joining us online, you should have everything up and rolling according to the way it is. And JD's given me a thumbs up, so that's really good. Um, we're going to come together now with a call to worship. So today is communion. And I know that you want to greet one another, but you're going to just have to hold fire until we pass the peace before communion. Okay, so whoever comes, you know, so just like sit tight, sit tight, it will happen. <laughs> Friends, let us um, bring our hearts together and Lisa and I will lead you in the call to worship. Come Lord God to receive our worship. Come Lord Jesus to receive our praise. Come Holy Spirit to receive our thanks. Come eternal three in one, God, come where we are gathered to celebrate our unity as your body, the church. We share one faith, and we are of one soul and one mind, which being solely and wholly to you. We are baptized, and one baptism, eat of one bread, and think of one cup. We confess one name above all other names. We are obedient to one Lord, who frees us from the tyranny and harmfulness of this world. We share one hope, one comfort, one goal. We are one people, united, despite any noticeable differences, by our faith in you, Lord Jesus. We are one people, united by your love and mercy to stand against any power that would try to tear us apart. We are one people united in blessing and in suffering, united in joy and sorrow, united in strength and weakness. Receive our praise. And so friends, won't you stand together? We did manage to hand out a few um, songs, uh, lyrics, words, so share those around if you can. Thank you so much, Dave. So good to see you this morning. And it kind of feels like youth group with the song sheets. But this was no surprise to our father, and uh, we're going to praise his name.
team because for everybody to work this out each and everybody that made this happen this morning without these screens you know what I remember in the in the beginning days of New Horizon when we literally were looking at a shark in a lunchroom there were no screens there were hymnals and there was conversation amongst us as we started the services and you know what this is all good it is all good in God that we're just here to worship together without the screens or with the screens. Obviously, it does make it more fun when you can see the words up, <laughs> up there. But you know what? At this time, I just want us to calm our hearts and just go to God in prayer with this relaxed posture that God asks us to have during worship. Because after all, that is what worship is, just going to him in peace and in love. So let's bow our heads and have a moment of prayer. Oh, Father God, we come together to worship you and are reminded each and every time that we enter your sanctuary that the sweet communion of kindred spirits has no equal whatsoever. That whether in joy or in sour, sorrow, fortune or misfortune, friendly and loving relationships are sent to you, from you to us. That in your care and provision, you call us first to love. And in this, we are able to see you more clearly and to know you more deeply. Quiet our busy lives today, Father, in this time of worship, that we might hear your beautiful whisper upon our hearts that we are brought to a place of true thankfulness and all that you continue to provide is bestilled upon our hearts today. I pray that we each come to know a deeper faith as we trust in these provisions. Even when we feel that life is handing us instability and loss, bring us to a place of fulfillment as we remember your sweet promises of eternal life. Many of us have lost precious loved ones or we're dealing with broken relationships, failing health, 
rehabilitations from major surgeries, anxiety and unrest, financial issues, food instability, and so much more, Father God. Forgive us when we do not come to you first for help and rescue us from our inabilities to take these burdens from us now as we rest in you. In our silence, we call out names of those who need you most, Father. Send your Holy Spirit to each of those whom we lift at this time. We ask too, Father God, for forgiveness when we stray from you. When we forget that you are a jealous God, an all-knowing God, that nothing is hidden from you, from our every thought to our every move, in our humanness, we cannot yet understand such a providence. Lead us, Father God, lead us. And Father, you came to us in Jesus and showed that you are gentle, yet powerful, lowly, yet almighty. And you came as a shepherd, not a king. A shepherd, not a king. You came to lift us that we might aspire to greater ways of living. In your great gentleness, Father God, guide us. And in your power, strengthen us. In your lowliness, strip us of our selfish pride, which only destroys us. In your greatness, lift us up that we might aspire to greater things. As a shepherd, call us to be your servants. As a king, Call us to be your royal priesthood. O God, who is our shepherd and our king. O Christ, who was crucified and is now risen from the dead. O Spirit, who comforts and empowers. O great one in three, Holy Trinity. This hour, set us free to worship as we pray the wonderful prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Won't you please rise?
And let us continue in prayer as we come to the scriptures this morning. Let us pray together. Lord God, we thank you that we can together sing that your faithfulness is great. And it is on that that we depend this morning. And so we ask God now that you would speak to us through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm reading to you today from the book of Hebrews. And over the next two weeks, we're going to be spending a little bit of time in the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews. And I read from the first verse to the third, and then from the eighth to the 16th. Faith is the reality of what we hope for. The proof of what we don't see. The elders in the past were approved because they showed faith. By faith, we understand that the universe has been created by a word from God so that the visible came into existence from the invisible. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was going to receive as an inheritance. He went out without knowing where he was going. By faith, he lived in the land that had been promised as a stranger. He lived in tents along with Isaac and Jacob, who were co-heirs of the same promise. He was looking forward to a city that has foundations whose architect and builder is God. By faith, even Sarah received the ability to have a child, though she herself was barren, and passed the age for having children because she believed that the one who promised was faithful. So descendants were born from one man, and he was as good as dead. There were as many as the number of stars in the sky, and as countless as the grains of sand on the seashore. All these people died in faith, without receiving the promises that they saw the promises from a distance and they welcomed them. They confessed that they were strangers and immigrants on earth. People who say this kind of thing make it clear that they are looking for a homeland. If they had been thinking about the country that they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return to it. But at this point in time, they are longing for a better country. This is a heavenly one. Therefore, God isn't ashamed to be called their God. He has prepared a city for them. Thanks be to God for his word. Amen. 
So this morning, I want to speak to you about three things. The first thing I want to speak about, and we're going to be speaking about faith, is that the story and the faith that we discover in Hebrews chapter 11 settles for us the source of our faith. The second thing it does is it secures our soul. And the third thing it does is it sets the path that God has planned for each and every one of our lives. And so this morning, we receive this particular passage. And if we look at the scriptures, this passage is known as the faith passage. It is an inheritance that we receive as the disciples of Jesus, as one where we hold to faith. We're part and we're encouraged by this story of faith. We inherit the faith of what we discover in Hebrews chapter 11. We discover in it the promises of God and the lived out stories of our ancestors. So today, while I'm preaching, because I know sometimes it's hard just to, to kind of stay focused on the preaching, I want you to allow the Holy Spirit, and I want you to allow your mind to think about the people that have impacted your faith. Think about the friends, the partners, the spouses. Think about the parents, your grandparents, your aunts, your uncles, your pastors, your leaders. Think about the people that have enriched your faith. And allow those people to, to just flood your spirit and your heart with really a sense of excitement today. Every one of us has a formed faith. And every one of us has an internal compass of faith. Can I get a kind of a show of hands, generally, because I know I'm going to have to speak generally. Who, would, who generally drives through the traffic lights when they are green? Who generally drives through the traffic lights when they are orange? <laughs> I am so happy because I thought I was the only one. And um, I'm also happy to know that you, there are certain, I mean, you do drive through red lights here, which is quite interesting. Sometimes when you're turning, you know, with the traffic. But I'm really grateful that Barry taught me that you don't drive through red lights when you're at an arrow, right? Because Glory said I could. <laughs> I'm sorry, Glory, I just had to do that. So, I mean, when the lights turn green, we go. And sometimes I think we have more faith in traffic lights than we do in God. And I know this might sound strange, but I mean, ultimately, when we see that color, and it's a global color, I mean, it's green even in Africa, okay? And that's the idea, to go. But we never go. We go on red all the time, I want to tell you that. It's a lot of fun. Essentially, there is something about our faith journey that limits us. You know, we struggle to have faith in God, and yet when we see the simple change in colors on something that keeps traffic flow, we have faith in it. 
And so there is something that we have to keep discovering. What is the source of our faith? Do we know the source of our faith? How do we discover the source of our faith? Who is the source of our faith? Can we believe God as the source of our faith? And what Hebrews is trying to give us is it's trying to give us a story of faith to say, if you are struggling to discover the God of faith, I want you to look at Abraham. I mean, this man was as good as dead. I mean, as good as dead. And, and God came to this man as good as dead and said, I want to make you the father of many nations. And he came probably to his wife that was way past childbearing years and said, I will give you a child. Both of them, it was an impossible situation. And yet God fulfilled the promises in both of their lives. And so somehow we are called, every single one of us are called to discover the God who Abraham set his heart upon because that was the source of his faith. Now the scripture is very clear with us today. And it's clear with us because it speaks about really two things. One, be sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. Be sure of what you hope for. Our particular translation was very interesting today because listen to the word it says. It says, faith is the reality. The, it's the very real thing of what we hope for. And I'm sure in, in the space of worship today and with the people watching us online, there is something that every single one of us is hoping for. And it is how we are hoping for it that determines our faith journey. We are actually supposed to be illogical when it comes to our faith. Quite frankly, it was illogical, it made no sense. Biologically, it no, made no sense reasonably for Abraham to have been the father of many nations and for Sarah to have been born to bear a child. And the truth is, our gospel story is one of the impossible. So we have to have impossible hopes, every single one of us. And if we are struggling with our impossible hopes, we're supposed to look around the room to find out who can sit beside me while I struggle with a thing that feels hopeless right now. We're not supposed to do this alone. That's really what this, this history, that the story of chapter 11 in Hebrews is teaching us. Go and look at the list of people who never did it alone. So if you are struggling right now to believe in what you're hoping for, what you're hoping for, for it to become a reality, look around you. Because around you in this room, around you and the people that you thought about are the people that have, will have come to hold your faith that is struggling. So we are a people that needs to call out surety and reality for the things that we hope for. And actually, if you're not hoping for something impossible right now, then perhaps we're not hoping enough in who God is. So we have two sources of our faith, God and one another. And let's not forget one another, because we're supposed to be here to build one another up. The story today settles for us that God is the foundation of our lives and God is the architect of our lives. God is going to build our lives through faith. Can you say amen? Okay. Sometimes we, we get, you know, we live life in three different ways. 
We live it in our own stories. That's my story. I live my own life. You live your own lives. And we live it in our story, the whole our story. And we live it in the big story. And really, we're supposed to be there for one another on life's journey. So just as I asked you to start thinking about the people that have impacted your faith, honor what they have taught you. And, And as a collective together today, we sit for a moment remembering our community that have lived generationally through this church. There have been other people that have sat on this chairs that you are sitting on right now. People that I will have never met, but you knew. You know, mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers that have changed the trajectory of our lives, and we honor them. And the truth is we are here to honor one another in our journey of faith. For God and one another is the source of our faith. I want to speak this morning, secondly, about how this particular chapter secures our souls. One of the things that we keep discovering is that often there is fear amongst us. Sometimes we get gripped by fear. We were on a we were on a, a, a course the last couple of days. I had the privilege of I'm trying to figure out what the United Methodist Church is all about, okay? So I'm, you know, making loads of mistakes along the way. So I joined a group of people to figure out the church. And we we went to Ohio to some lectures and it was really, really good. But I was at the airport coming home last night and I met a girl and we got talking. She was on the same, um, you know, kind of conference as me. And we both looked at each other and we said, we thought that hotel was like a bit scary. Like it felt dodgy, you know, really dodge. So she said to me like, you know, it felt so scary for her that she pushed the chair and the table up against the wall. And then like, you know, she chained it and locked it. I was like, I also felt like that. I was like, I felt like, you know, I think I was, I felt like I was going to be evaporated in the middle of Ohio and nobody would know. (laughs) But it was interesting because we had both sensed like a place of fear. And, And it's interesting how fear for many things has a way of really destabilizing our faith. Often when fear creeps in, our faith shrinks. And we have fear for many things. I want you to remember the men that brought their paralyzed friends to Jesus. Nothing was going to stop them. Nothing. They got there. There was an obstacle. They couldn't get past the people. They couldn't get past the leaders. They said, well, that doesn't matter. We're not stopping there. We're going onto the roof. And they didn't stop there, so they broke open the roof and they laid the man down to the feet of Jesus. They would not stop. And what did Jesus say to them? They said, He said, it is their faith that made him whole. And so so really, when we get into the grips of fear, because by the time we get into fear, and the scripture is clear, perfect love casts out all fear. And if we cannot be the place, if we cannot be the embodiment of perfect love, then we've got to have a look at what God is doing inside of us. Today, we have this, this 
phenomenal gift of communion together. And really, it calls us to, to have a look at the places of our lives that are being crippled by fear or crippled by unforgiveness or, or absolutely broken. And we're called to refind a place that secures our soul. And I want to say to you today, faith secures your soul. Maybe you need to be reminded of that today. Faith is not about doing it on our own. Faith is not about figuring it out on my own. Faith is about figuring it out together. To be sure of the things we hope for and certain of the things we do not see. It's interesting how Jesus, how this particular passage gives us a picture that Abraham was a foreigner. A refugee, really. Someone that had been promised a land. Someone that was displaced. And, and someone that lived only in a tent in the land that God had promised him. I want to speak today about the fact that God is setting upon every one of our lives right now a faith story. Okay, so I want to see from a show of hands together today. Who's retired? Okay, well, we've got quite a lot of you. Maybe 50%, would you say? I want to speak to you. You're not done. I mean, you might think you've done, but it's actually just started. I mean, why would God choose Abraham? I mean, really, the story of faith, Gail, the story of the Jewish faith, this is it. It begins with Abraham, an old, retired man in the middle of his homestead that he'd worked his whole life for, and God said, I have a plan for you. So I want you to feel disruption right now, every one of you that are retired. God is doing the greatest work in you. Because there is something in your personal circumstances right now that is allowing God to set a new trajectory on your life. It's a strange sense that when we get retired or when we go into another season of life, we disqualify ourselves all the time. We have a tendency to disqualify ourselves from the plans of God because we've imagined another outcome. And yet it's God who used the retired man, the barren woman, the foreigner, the refugee, the displaced person to pass on a generation of hope for all of humanity. God is not done with you. So I need to hear, I want to see, wave at me again so I know who's retired. I would like to hear, you know, yeah, those hands are much lower at this time. <laughs> I just want you, I just want to say, I'm like, I'm, I, I told you I can see everything from up here. It's like, you, you have no clue. I, I would like to see what God is planning for your life. Because God is not done with you yet. God is not, Gail, you said something to me that broke my heart when we first met. You said, I wished you had known me at another time. Because sometimes when our bodies don't work the way they used to work, 
and our minds don't work the way they used to work and we don't have the ability. We, we start to disqualify ourselves. And I want to say to everyone, God is not done with you, ever. Do you know when God is done with you? When you are dead. As good as dead. Abraham was written off. He was as good as dead. And God used Abraham to change nations. I want to speak to people that are not retired. And young people. God is not done with you. If you are joining this church today, we're going to receive people into membership. If you're joining this church, God is not done with you. You know, God is not done with you, whether you're worshiping with us online, whether you're here with us today, God is not done with you. So if it wasn't for the Garmin or maps, my life would be miserable. And I would be lost most of the time. One of the things that I love about the Garmin or the maps is the minute you turn left when you should have turned right, what does it do? like rerouting, rerouting. I love that. I love that. And then, you know, you know so there is a sense that, that God wants to set us at a point in time. There's something there. There is a destination point. And that's really, every one of us needs to plug something in. And sometimes we take the easy road and sometimes we take the hard road. But ultimately in that process, what is God dealing with? God is dealing with our faith. There was an incredible man called St. John of the Cross, and he speaks about the dark night of the soul. If you've never really been through the dark night of the soul, what he says is your faith has really never been tested to the uttermost. It is in those dark moments where our faith is tested, but where we continue in the journey. And maybe the pace is different. And maybe our imagination needs to be shifted. But ultimately, God is still building our faith. So I'd like to say in conclusion today, that faith is the reality of what we hope for. In a few moments, the children are going to join us for communion. And we're going to hear a little bit about the life of the church. But I want you to hold just three things that you are hoping for right now. Try and think about them. And let's go to God with them. With faith and hope. Let us pray together. Lord God, as we gather together today, some of us in this room right now have really been praying and have been having faith for something. And we feel in this moment defeated. Some of us right now, Lord God, have lost our faith. We, we feel so, we're like the bones that were lying in that valley. Some of us have completely lost our faith. And yet we are reminded again and again that we are part of a bigger collective 
where when our faith is struggling, we can draw strength from one another. And so God, we want to claim this morning the promises of certainty and reality that whatever we are hoping for in your name will become a reality. Help us, Lord God, not set our hearts on earth, but rather on heaven. Help us to keep looking up. Build in us, in this church, in this family, a deep, deep faith. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, um, we're going to be receiving the offering now. And as we do that, the children will join us. I'm going to invite Glory to come up and Sarah to join us as we receive just a few notices, the pegs this morning, and as we prepare for communion. Thanks, Glory. So, you know, we have our pegs and for 10, we call it. And this week, we have the honor of celebrating nourishing lives with our 10 for 10. Uh, we always have a basket over by the door that you can put your donations in. But let's remember, um, many of you have done either um, volunteer hours with Nourishing Lives or given food or prayed for Nourishing Lives um, or sent someone that you know that needs, that's, that needs food. Um, so let's, let's just thank each and every one of our congregation for lifting Nourishing Lives up as we have in the past. We all know that it started with a little pack-a-sack, packing sacks of groceries for kids that, are, um, that need food, uh, that are taken to schools, local schools. So today we have this added blessing, and the blessing is uh, a young lady is going to come and talk to us about something very special, something that touched her heart long ago when she started coming to pack the food. And, and she came at an early age, so I think that uh, we, we should welcome Sarah Noel, who is a community outreach liaison now for Nourishing Lives. I've had the honor to work with you, and you are such a blessing, both at the West Campus as well as here at New Horizon. And Sarah would really like to share her story with you and her passion as well. <laughs> My name is Sarah Noel, and some of you may know of me from being part of the Learning Center as an afternoon teacher or wandering the halls in the missions building helping out with Nourishing Lives. I come before you today to tell you about my story. A little while ago, before the missions building ever existed, I used to come here as a volunteer as a high school student. I still remember my first time coming into this space and being filled with so much joy and excitement by everyone that I met. And the weeks that would follow, I was manifesting joy, excitement, community, fellowship, a safe place, and honestly, a second home. College came around the corner, and I went with it. I successfully studied accounting and earned my degree in accounting bachelor's. <laughs> I was finding my footing in the world of public accounting, and though I was successful in terms of the world, I was unsuccessful mentally, emotionally, 
and most importantly, spiritually. I found God, or God found me in the midst of all of this chaos and redirected my steps back to Pakistan, which is now nourishing water. Many seeds were planted in my heart way back those five years ago, seeds of charity, seeds of goodness, seeds of kindness, and so many more that has led me to this point, this moment right here, right now. I found myself once more entering the space again five years later with the same joy and the same excitement. By experiencing this community in all the different ways, I was able to encounter God in ways I could never imagine. Through the Learning Center, though I was an afternoon teacher, it was the children who taught me and loved me. And through my time now at Nourishing Lives, I am able to see firsthand God's grace, mercy, love, and compassion in my life. And in the life of others, God's goodness is intertwined in every single chapter of this story. And I thank you guys for opening your minds, opening your hearts, and opening your doors to me and the person that I am becoming. It is my hope that these seeds can continue to grow, can continue to spread, and continue to be planted in the hearts of my life and in the hearts of others. Thank you, Ms. Payton, for teaching me that I, we, are all great and amazing. And if we just step into that amazingness, we could change the world. Thank you, Ms. Mary Kate and Ms. Beth, for saying yes when I needed it the most. And thank you, you all, for all the paths that I have crossed. I was able to experience who you guys are. And by being able to experience that, I was able to experience who God is. And most importantly, thank you to the Most High who has made all of this possible by his glory. Thank you. And that is why our faith will grow. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for the ministry that touches people's lives, even when we can't see it. And we thank you for all that has happened in the life of Pakistan and Nourishing Lives. We thank you, God, for the gifts of money that we have received today in our offering. We thank you for all that has been given throughout the week. We bring to you our time, our talents, and our treasure. May your spirit move within us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends, let's stand together. No. Oh, you just have to play. Okay. We're going to come now to the moment of um, celebrating membership. Then we're going to get into communion. So I'm going to ask those that are joining us in membership if you would come forward.
Hi. Do you want to come up here? <laughs> Do you want to come down here? Hi. Well, we're really excited about the fact that God, I just get excited whenever God calls people to be part um, of God's church because I know that the gifts that God has in you, um, God is going to touch this community with. And so we thank God for your gifts and we thank God that God has called you to be part of us. Come on. Well, this is good. Hi, how are you? Peggy and Lynn. Hi, Lynn, come on. Hi, how are you? Are you? So friends, we're going to begin by asking you a question, and then we're going to answer questions, and then I'm going to ask you at that stage if you'll turn around, but not yet, okay? And so my first question to you is a question, and I ask you to respond, I will. As members now of this congregation, will you faithfully participate in its ministries by your prayers, your presence, your witness, your gifts, and your service? Thank you. Would you turn around? <laughs> I thought this was a bit, would you turn around? Okay. I'm going to come and stand next to you over here. Members of the household of God, I commend to you these people, to your love and to your care. Do all in your power to increase their faith. Amen? Amen. Confirm their hope. Perfect them with love. And so, can I ask you to stand, please, in this moment? We would usually be responding with this prayer, um, and I'm going to say it, but maybe some of you know it, but it's really long. But listen to these words. We give thanks for all that God has already given you, and we welcome you in Christian love. As members together with you in the body of Christ and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church, we renew our own covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of this church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, and our service, that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Okay, and so what we're going to do is we're going to give you a huge round of applause and a drum roll if, if you'll take your seat. And so while they take, while they take their seats, I'm going to invite you to pass the peace and let's have some time of holy chaos and make sure they felt welcome. Okay, welcome and bless you, bless you and welcome. Bless you, bless you, bless you, welcome, bless you, bless you and welcome. Bless you and welcome, thank you. Yeah, 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 thank you. 
And so let us now prepare for communion, if you'd like. I know that for some of you, you know some of the responses, and I invite you to respond, but some of you don't, and that's also okay. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and it is a good and it is a joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you. Father, almighty creator of heaven and earth, you formed us in your image and you breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity. You made covenant to be our sovereign God. And you spoke to us through your prophets who looked for what that day when justice shall roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. When nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. And so with your people on earth and in the company of heaven, we praise your name and join with the unending song of praise. Holy, holy, holy God, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Would you please be seated? Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty all those who are oppressed and to announce that the time had come when you would save the world. He healed the sick, he fed the hungry, and he ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church. You delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and you made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. And his ascension, you exalted him to sit and reign with you at the right hand of the Father. I'm going to invite those that are serving communion with us now, if they would please come forward to the rail. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, he gave thanks to you, he broke the bread, and he gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, he gave thanks to you, he gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, 
poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us. And we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on all of us gathered here and on all these gifts of bread and wine. Make them to be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ and with each other and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly table. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the power of the Holy Spirit and with your holy church, all honor and glory are yours, almighty Father, now and forevermore. Amen. and receive my faith, the body and blood of Christ for you. Please you receive my faith in your heart, the body and blood of Christ for you. So friends, we will come to communion now, and I would like to just explain a little bit about how communion is going to happen today. We're going to have five stations, one at every single group of people, and you'll be able to come out and receive communion, and then you'll be able to return back to your seats. We do have communion in a couple of different ways today. You can receive the communion by intention in your group. And the children will receive your, your little cups when they are finished. So they are going to help us in receiving communion. 
or if you would prefer to receive the communion that is pre-packed, please come to the, the aisle or ask one of the ushers that are standing here to get the communion for you if you're not able to come up. And we do have um, the small little cups, and I think those are gluten-free, am I correct, Anne? Um, over here as well. Friends, if you are online now, it is time for you to also receive communion, and I will be speaking with you through that in a moment. It is really a feast. It is a mystery of our faith where we share as one body. And so I invite you now, I'm going to, to receive this communion. So we, we just want to get a bit organized here. I think, I think, Carolyn, if you can come on this side. I think if you can come on that side.
to share with one another who are not here. And so we have in the front a couple of um, pre-packed communion. And can I invite you to take them? If there are people that you know that haven't been able to share in communion today, and take them home um, so it can be a blessing to them as well. So allow them to feast at our table. So let us pray together. Oh God, we thank you in this moment that we have had a glimpse of the mystery of faith in the sharing of the body and blood of Jesus, we discover there is one cup and one body, one faith, one hope. And so we pray, God, that as we leave here today, that we would be strengthened in our faith and in our imagination of who you are and what you have called us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together as we conclude with our final time of worship.
just a couple of things. We have some tea in the mission building and biscuits and cookies and donuts and brownies and all of those wonderful things. Join us for something to eat. Don't forget, the 14th is going to be a wonderful celebration with families and children that are going back to school. We're praying for the school bags, and we're just praying just for this whole new year. So please join us. And then on the 21st, we have like a, like a church-wide meeting that we invited to to speak about just part of who we are and just look out for those notices. And now... May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.